0: Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 98-116 loss to the Utah Jazz. After a tough loss up in Brooklyn, the Hawks come back and face a Jazz team without Donovan Mitchell. Unfortunately, Jordan Clarkson is more than enough to make up for the lack of scoring, and the Jazz walk out of State Farm Arena with a big win. Without further ado, let's get into it. what a game from the Hawks, a game that they had a chance to win going into the fourth quarter. And Jordan Clarkson was able to take the end of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter and have a huge performance. He'd finished the game with 30 points on 10 of 19 shooting four of 10 from the three point line, including some incredible shots, even over Deandre Hunter, who is the best defender that the Hawks can throw on these sort of wing players. Um, And the, Jazz were able to walk out of State Farm Arena with the win, despite not having Donovan Mitchell. The Hawks did not have uh, Aneka Kangu Okongwu's still out, but otherwise the Hawks are pretty healthy. Uh, and this was a game that was just a really pretty awful first half. Neither team could really get anything going. Both teams shooting under 30% in the first quarter. The Utah Jazz turning it up a little bit um, and able to get their percentages at the end of the game to be at least somewhat respectable uh, Utah would finish the game 51% from the field on 41 of 81 shooting and 41 and percent from three 17 of 41 while the Hawks uh, would not really get out of that shooting funk they'd finish the game shooting 43% from the field 35 of 82 and just 25% from three seven of 28 that 13 shot disparity at the three point line really hurts the Hawks and allows, it's really tough when you get outscored by 30 points from the three point line to be in any game. Um, Even with both teams getting to the free throw line, that's one area that both teams were able to take advantage of the Hawks making 21 of 26 free throws and the jazz 17 of 23. It just, it's really tough to find extra points when you're being outscored by 30 points in the, from the three point line. So Um, Again, in the first half, this was just a game that at the end of the first quarter, Atlanta was up one point, 16 to 15. Neither team could really get anything going. Felt like both teams were a little bit sleepwalking. And then in the second quarter, both teams scored 24 points with the Hawks building a one-point lead at halftime, 40 to 39. Um, And then in the third quarter, things really started to get going. And it looked like the Hawks would actually be able to build a lead and maybe uh, get a win at State Farm Arena. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich hit a couple three-pointers, and the Hawks were able to go on two little separate runs, an 8-0 run to start the period, the third quarter, and then a 5-0 run before Jordan Clarkson came in, and the Jazz went on a 16-5 run that really defined the game. And although Lou Williams hit an and-one right at the end of the third quarter to bring the Hawks within one, The Hawks would never really get into this game as the Jazz would just pour it on with three pointers in the fourth quarter, and this game would be over with two minutes to go, both teams emptying their bench, Um, and just really tough for the Hawks. They did not get the ball moving. Uh, They were outplayed on the assists. Jazz had 30 assists compared to just 18 from the Hawks. Um, One area that I thought that the Hawks was kind of concerning after the first half is the Hawks had turned the Jazz over 10 times in the first half, but were only up one point. Um, the Hawks did a better job of not ha- committing a turn of turnovers. They would finish the game with just nine turnovers, um, and the Jazz with 14. But with that disparity in turnovers, the Hawks weren't able to turn that into really any huge advantage. The Hawks did score 20 points off those 14 turnovers from the jazz, but the jazz were able to get 16 points off the nine turnovers from the Hawks. So that wasn't really a positive. Um, and one area that this, uh, jazz team really dominated the Hawks was on the rebounding. And with Rudy Gobert there in the middle, I think that's going to be an area that maybe you expect the jazz to win, but the jazz didn't just win. They dominated out rebounding the Hawks 46 to 32. Uh, Rudy Bo- Gobert would finish with 15 rebounds. One of them offensive Hawks would be beat on the offensive glass as well. Uh the Hawks are usually pretty good on the offensive glass and the Jazz were able to uh get 8 offensive rebounds compared to just 5 from the Hawks. Both of those com- uh combined for Utah to win the second chance points opportunities 12 to 7 and the Hawks were also despite being outscored at the three-point line, they were also outscored in the paint 46 to 38 and the bench <laughs> unit of the Jazz outscored the Hawks. So this was kind of a defeat in all phases. And again, after a nice first half where the Hawks sort of controlled this game, this was a game that was just not really uh, played in the first half. And again, exemplified by the 40-39 score um, in, at the end of the first half. I mean, the Jazz would go on to score 41 points in the fourth quarter. So that was more than both teams' Uh, scored in one half. The Jazz were able to score in the fourth quarter, and the Hawks really had no answer to um, Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson is a guy who has won six-man-of-the-year award before. He won it last year, and um, it was arguable whether he should have won it or if his teammate uh, Joe Engel should have won it. But he came in, and he was the difference in this game, scoring those 30 points off the bench, helping the uh, – Utah Jazz have 39 points off the bench compared to just 29 from the Hawks. DeLon Wright did not play in this game until uh, garbage time, and watching the rotation that Nate McMillan put, puts out there is something that I think we need to do going forward. It's just been tough with everybody healthy. Like I said, only Aneka Kongwu is out for this one, and Nate McMillan kind of has too many guys to play every night, and so he's giving that guys nights off and guys are finding their opportunities. But nobody off the bench for the Hawks scored more than six points. Lou Williams was just 2 of 8 from the field. Kevin Herter just 3 of 9, 0 of 3 on his three-pointers. Reddish, after having such a good performance um, leading up to this game, coming off the bench, just had four points. The Hawks really couldn't get anything going off the bench. And um, that has been a strength for them, and going into the season – I expected the bench to continue to be a strength for them, just having so many good players and quality players. But it feels as if the rotation is just not um, something that the team has figured out yet. And guys are still trying to fill out what their roles are um, when they're on the court with different matchup of guys, who is supposed to do what, um, and finding shots for guys. It's just uh, the Jazz are a good team. They were the number one team in the West going into the playoffs last year. They're 7-1 and one after this game with the Hawks. But the Hawks are an offensive team that should have more than 18 assists, that should score more than 100 points against this team. Um, and to see them just get kind of blown out at the end of the game was a little bit disturbing. Uh, now that fourth quarter, I mean, Jordan Clarkson was four of five from the field, two of three on his three-pointers. The Jazz got eight three-pointers in that period. Um, they got threes from Bogdan Bogdanovich who would end up having a huge game Um, oddly enough he would be one of the few starters that had a negative plus minus but um, Jordan Clarkson had 10 points in the period uh, two assists as well the Jazz had five players with three plus assists including Rudy Gobert having three assists as well Mike Connolly their point guard would finish the game with 11 assists to go along with 13 points on five of thirteen shooting, three of nine on his three pointers, including a three at the end of the first quarter uh, that kept the jazz close as you know, the Hawks could have built a sixteen to twelve lead in the first quarter, but instead, Connolly hit a nice little step through three pointer right at the buzzer to keep the jazz close. Um, Eric Pascal in a weird stat, he had he only played fourteen minutes, but he was plus twenty four in those fourteen minutes. That stretch from the third. Um, middle of the third quarter into the fourth quarter is just where the Jazz were able to go on to a, go on a 16 to five run and 11 O run really to start the fourth quarter that really set the pace for the game. And while the Hawks did a nice job, they kind of kept it around 10 for a good part of the fourth quarter. They were never able to get stops back to back, really stop Jordan Clarkson and, uh, get back into this game. So tough game, you're going to have games against the best teams in both the East and the West that you're not going to be in. But when you get a game where a team like the Jazz doesn't have their best player, you hope that you're able to, can uh, especially at home, defend home court and get a better performance. Trey Young finished with 21 points, but it took, him eight, it took him 20 shots to get those 21 points. He just made eight of those. He had seven assists, two turnovers. He did have a steal and a block. John Collins played 31 minutes. As I said earlier in this, he just shot four of seven from the field. He was three of four on his three-pointers and finished with 13 points. He just had two rebounds, though. Again, Rudy Gobert really dominating the uh, rebounding in this one. Bogdan Bogdanovich, those two threes in the third quarter were really most of his scoring. He had eight points, just three of six from the field, two of four on his three-pointers. He had two assists and one turnover. Clint Capella, four of eight from the field, four of eight shooting from Clint Capella with the shots that he get is just not going to cut it. If that's what we're getting from, um, Clint Capella, it's going to be really tough sledding for the Hawks. And, um, I don't know if he's still getting over the shot, the injection he had in the off season. Um, but he has just not been himself. He did hit five of six free throws, which is good to see and finish the game with 13 points. But, um, he has got to be better on the boards yet. He had a double, double 10 rebounds, two of those offensive, but he's got to shoot, you know, he needs to be shooting over 60% from the field. And if he's not doing that, it's really tough for the Hawks to win the game. Um, Finally, Hunter really had it going in the first half was kind of really carrying the Hawks in that first half. He'd finished the game. Seven of nine did not make a three pointer and missed all of his free throws. He had two assists, a turnover, a steal, two rebounds. And as good as he was playing at the in the first half, it was sort of strange to see the Hawks kind of go away from DeAndre during the second half. We talked about the bench for the Hawks. There just wasn't a lot coming off the bench. And I do think that the Hawks really miss um, Aneka Akanglu. He just gives the Hawks another option. And I've talked about how maybe too many options have hurt the Hawks this early in the season. But when Gorji Ding just plays eight minutes and has one point, um, the Hawks just need something else, something different to go against. I think that the Jazz did a nice job in this offseason of giving uh, White side, Hassan Whiteside to come back up Rudy Gobert, and he kind of gives them a similar player to Gobert for their backup unit. But I think Okongwu, as we saw in the postseason last year, provided a nice spark for the Hawks and a guy who the Trey Young talked about pace after the game. Nate, Nate McMillan talked about pace after the game. With of Kangu, you're going to innately get that pace because he is just such a speedy guy for the position that he plays. And um, I just, the Hawks really could use an infusion of energy from anywhere. You'd hope you'd get it from uh, Cam Reddish or, or Kevin Herter, but they just haven't been able to find it. You know, Lou Williams has talked about how this is probably his last year in the NBA. And as good as he is in the six man and scoring role, he is not a point guard. Um, Nate McMillan has gone away from DeLon Wright. Again, I think there's just too many guys to play. Uh, Sharif Cooper, him and Jale- Jalen Johnson are both getting timed down in the G League, but there's just not that spark that the Jazz got from Jordan Clarkson on this Hawks team. And um, I don't know if that's just too many guys are playing. No one knows when their minutes are coming. Um, but they just, the Hawks have, have not figured out how to get spread out these shots, get everyone involved. They've had a couple good games, but they're 4 and 5 after this game with the Jazz for a reason and it's they're just not playing particularly well. Um I don't think it's anything to really worry about. All the players are still here and the guys are talking about what they think they need to do to turn this around, but they haven't put it into action and it's just been a little bit disheartening especially um, when you come into the season with as much continuity as the Hawks have had in the Trey Young, John Collins era, you have a lot of the goodwill from how well Nate McMillan seemed to coach when he was elevated to head coach at last year, and also that just magical run to the Eastern Conference Finals. And to not pick up right where you left off um, really can be can be confusing. And I think also something that hasn't been talked about is just playing so deep into the playoffs. The Hawks didn't have um, a regular offseason. And so they're still figuring out how to bounce back after that uh, really long uh, run into the postseason, coming back, getting everyone back. And, uh, you know, with more expectations just becomes, um, you'd think with with John Collins, Trey, Kevin Herter all getting paid, Capella getting an extension, it'd be easy and you wouldn't have to worry about that, uh, worry about any expectations or if anyone's going to get paid, but uh, I just don't think that the Hawks have really established their identity yet in 2021. Um, They have plenty of time. It's just the first nine games of the season, but it has not been um, as fun the basketball has just not been as fun to watch and it's not been quite the basketball that we even saw in the playoffs. And I think some of that, as I've talked about for earlier games, this is not the playoffs and the Hawks don't need to be playing, um, kind of the small ball, get to the guy, get the ball to the guy who has the Mitch match and, and just do that every time down the court, they need to be working their system and, I do applaud Nate McMillan for trying different lineups. I think one thing that the regular season can be used for is is to try those different lineups and see which lineups work together. Um I think one continuing to see how the guys do with John Collins at center is something to continue to to check to to try and um you know just again go ahead and experiment away, but the Hawks have a really tough, tough schedule coming up. Um, They're going on their West Coast trip that starts in Phoenix, and they played this Utah Jazz team again in Utah. And so the Hawks could easily come out of this road trip with a record that looks way worse than the team actually is. And um, we saw the start the Hawks got last year where they were 14-20 and before they got Bogdan Bogdanovich back, and Nate McMillan was lifted to be the head coach. And they went off on that eight-game winning streak and really set the tone for the rest of the year. But they just haven't found that magic yet. And this Jazz game sort of highlighted that with Jordan Clarkson able to come in, fill in for Donovan Mitchell, and the Hawks really not having an answer for, for the sixth man. But tough loss for the Hawks, especially as they kind of have their last game at State Farm Arena before heading off on a West Coast road trip. Um, but one that I think they'll be able to, like, motivate them going forward. and the Hawks know that they're a better team than what their record shows. And I I do think one thing I've been encouraged by is how um, strongly the players have kind of taken responsibility for what's going on um, and have have just voiced that they want to get this thing turned around and they are not happy with the results that they are seeing so far. But tough loss to the Jazz when you lose by almost 20 points in a game, it's never a good thing, Um, especially when the game – is competitive for about three quarters and then you just get blown out in the, in the last quarter. But, um, tough loss. The jazz came in and took care of business and, uh, the Hawks are off to play the Phoenix suns in Phoenix. And we will be back to recap that game after that. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.